Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to Empowered in My Skin, the podcast. We feature guests of varying backgrounds and lived experiences to share their empowering stories, knowledge, and insights. Our goal is for you, the listener, to fill your mind with empowering content to further empower your human. I'm your host, Inkeaching Waffle Robinson, and founder and CEO of Empowered in My Skin, Inc. I'm an award-winning technology executive, having been awarded Most Powerful Women in Canada Top 100 by the Women's Executive Network, WXM, in 2020. But that's not all. I'm a proud author, an international federation of bodybuilding pro athlete, an inspirational speaker, and viral sensation with speeches that have been viewed over 10 million times worldwide. I trust that you are already feeling empowered. So please listen, leave a review, share the podcast, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. For now, I'm your girl. Let the show begin. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the next episode of Empowered My Skin, the podcast. Our next guest is a content creator, marketing consultant, and finance enthusiast. On her YouTube channel, Exo Rennie, she shares resources around career development, lifestyle, and financial literacy. After buying her first house at the age of 23, she decides to share her knowledge with others with the goal of helping people understand adulting. She helps them become more financially literate and shares tips to help them excel in their careers. She's also part of YouTube Black Creator Class of 2022. From finance to career and lifestyle content, she aims to make complex topics simple. Family, please join me in a big podcast welcome for Renny, aka Renny the Resource. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're so hype. I love it. Yeah, you are. A, and apparently you're a resource for all things empowering. So very excited that you said yes. So my first question to you, let's get right into it, is what was your most empowering thought of the day so far? That's a really good question. I start off all my mornings by doing my devotion and then doing my affirmation. So one of my affirmations today was that I have the power to create my own destiny. So I feel like that's a pretty empowering thought, you know, knowing that, I have the power to work, achieve whatever I want to achieve, obviously with God's help. But yeah, that, that would be, I think, my most important. That's very it's powerful. Only 11 a- I it's love only that. 11 a.m., you know. So. <laughs> right, just right. Way, way to set up your day and way to actually guarantee the results. I um, One of mine is very similar. It says, I create amazing experiences for myself and others. So always like, you know, mm-hmm. thinking forward and, and sort of saying that I'm, it sounds like you, you're your conqueror for your day along with God and Holy Spirit. Yeah, we talked about that first. Yeah, Holy Spirit's here with us right now. So what can you tell us about the person that is Rennie um, that we're meeting here today? Hmm. I am a 25, almost 26-year-old woman who is Nigerian and I live in Toronto. What, what do you want to know about me? What do you want to know about me? Who I am? Um, I am a resource to other people that's who I am I try to help other people by basically taking the knowledge I have and making it easier for other people to understand making it accessible for all people especially in the realms of like financial literacy and career development because I want everybody to win so I would say I'm like a cheerleader for other people I want everyone to win everyone to do big things but I know that we all were not given the same we all didn't start off on the same playing field so 
I like to level the playing field and say, okay, if you want the knowledge, I have it here for you for free on my YouTube channel. So, so here it is for you. And yeah, I've been doing that even before I had a YouTube channel, but. I love that. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to share a title that a girlfriend of mine, uh, um, put, uh, we're doing a Bible app today, um, uh, plan together. And, uh, I was reading the notes that she said yesterday when it's like, you know, sort of reflection. She said, you know what? You are the chief encouragement officer. So it sounds like you are that CEO. Love that. I love that. So we'll actually get to know what you're actually creating and helping others with as throughout this, um, through this interview. So I also want to know, we, you talked about affirmations. So what is your great, like, if you have to say like the one mind blowing, I am statement for Rennie, what is that one? One of mine that I always write down is I am, well, I think it's similar to what I said earlier, but it's basically, I am capable of achieving everything I set my mind to. And I think my parents are, big on affirmations and they always have been since I was a young child. So that's something my dad always told me that you can do whatever you set your mind to as long as you, you work hard and, and put, put your mind to it. So I would say that is my overarching thing that um, basically everything that I do is with the knowledge that I can basically achieve it. So yes. I would say I have, I have that mindset that I can do anything in this world, which I think is why it's, it's one of the reasons why I've been able to achieve a lot because some of the things I do, people would be like, huh? Like, why would you quit your job and, you know, like pursue this? It makes no sense. But I'm like, well, I think I can do it. So let's, let's try, you know, there's no harm in trying. So I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to share one very powerful statement that I, I now have moved from like affirmations to incantations. And so I'm like, Mm. I always say incating Waffer Robinson is is connected to the source of all that is possible. So all that is possible is possible for Inkeaching Law for Robinson. So Renny, the resource, <laughs> is connected to the source of all that is possible. So all that is possible is possible for Renny, the resource. How about that? Amen. 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 I love it. <laughs> so I'm glad that you brought up your parents. I want to get to them in a second. Um, but, you know, as we are, you know, really now into, you know, 2022, Pandemic what, <laughs> you know, and, uh, but, you know, as you think about the last couple of years of, you know, this quarantine life that we've had, you know, coming into this season of whatever is next for all of us, what has been the biggest discovery of yourself? Hmm, good question. I think, I, I, I think back to 2020, Renny, I'm like, who is that girl? Like, I'm, I'm brand new. So hmm, what is the biggest discovery? I feel like I've, what would be the biggest discovery for me? Basically, I quit my job and I'm pursuing my dream. So I, again, I feel like my biggest discovery is that I can literally do, do anything I, that I set my mind to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that might be the, the theme of this episode, but I truly believe that if I am not happy with the situation that I'm currently in, I have the power to change it and I have the power to do whatever I want. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm living my, my dream life. And I actually, when I was doing my vision board this year, I looked back at my 2018 vision board and I wrote that I'm going to be my own boss. And now I am. And my now you are your own boss. So what is it, the it biggest, years, what's yeah. the biggest fear that you had to let go of um, in order to um, be available for, you know, whatever life has avail is, has coming for you? I guess the fear of failure would be, and I think that's such a cliche thing to say, like everyone's scared of failure. You know, most people are scared of failure, but I, it's true. I had to let go of the fear that it's not going to work out because you have to ask yourself the other question or you have to say, 
but what if it does work out? Yeah. You know, there's, we always have to look on the other side of things. So I was always focusing on, oh, I don't want to quit my job because what if the YouTube channel doesn't take off? What if nobody likes my content? What if this or that? But then I was like, hmm, but what if it does work right. out? What if everyone loves my YouTube channel? What if I, I get a grant to support my channel like I have? So yeah, that would that would be the biggest thing that I had to overcome. And, and I love it. that. You know, the biggest the biggest way I overcame caring what other people. Well, first of all, your opinion of me is none of my business. That was a big statement for me, and I just kept saying that. Um, but the biggest fear I the biggest way I overcame caring what people think about is when I recognize that people could potentially not like me or for I recognize it has nothing to do with me it has the fact that they're they're trying to figure out how to like themselves right and so yeah and so just yeah yeah. so when you like yourself come back come back around (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I'm sure you see that as someone who's in the public eye like yeah you are never going to other people and thinking oh I don't like that person because guess what you like yourself enough to know that it's none of your business right right but my biggest (laughs) my biggest lesson is I think about Amazon and the beast that Amazon is and do you think do you really think Amazon's hang like checking out their reviews and wondering who's hating on them or not. No, they're busy. Yeah. They're busy creating the next thin, right? So, and you mm-hmm. need haters. Cause I think haters in our lives tell us just measure, measure how much we are putting ourselves out there. And if we're taking big risks, because nobody, you know, respectfully, nobody hates on homeless people, right? Like, you know, so people always hate on those people that are actually doing things and putting themselves out there. Um, you know, um, at the risk of whatever whatever may come from that. So very proud of you. So tell us about, um, I know we did a lot of research, so heard and read some stuff about your money story and how, you know, I think you tell your story about how your parents instilled, you know, really great money practices with you and your sister when you were young. But what I, I didn't know and I'm interested is what's their money story? Like how did your parents, you know, grow up and what was money like for them? Good question. I feel like I've been on a lot of podcasts and nobody has ever asked me that. So <laughs> great question. Um, so my parents were born in Nigeria and I would say my dad lived like a pretty comfortable yeah. <laughs> my dad lived a pretty comfortable middle class life as many yeah, m- most I feel like a lot of Nigerians who live in Canada um yeah, had that had life that, growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And then my mom, I would say maybe a little not as fortunate, but still they weren't suffering or anything like that my 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 mom's parents worked really hard to get her to go to the best schools like they would basically deny themselves in order to get her to the best schools and different things like that so they might but they were not taught to be financially literate which is one thing that I should know they were not taught to be financially literate by their parents but at age 18 or 19 when they graduated from university they actually moved to England Mm. and then I guess they were on their own so they basically Mm. had to learn how to (laughs) deal Mm. with money my dad learned how to invest at that point in time. So he started reading a lot of books. And I feel like I'm so grateful that he decided to read those books because obviously it impacted my life a lot. And yeah, he decided to read a lot of books. He started learning about investing and he learned that, oh, I don't need to work for money for the rest of my life. My money can actually work for me. Oof. So that is something that he's always taught me since I was a young girl. And then with my mom, I would say she... When she met my dad, she became more financially literate. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say she she, she was the most uh, money savvy, but now she definitely is more money savvy. And when they had me, they started instilling those those things in me as well. But yeah, they grew up pretty well, like middle class. Yeah. And now they're upper middle class, I would say. 
And when you think about, you know, if you think back to your parents and then the environment that they were in, so your aunts, your uncles, their friends, was it was it common across or um, or do you feel your parents were ahead above the rest? You're already shaking your head. Yeah. Yeah. I would say my they were definitely about um what would be the word? They were they were ahead of the crowd, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. So but I would say my dad's siblings maybe were a bit more financially literate, the ones that were in Canada, but my mom's not too sure about mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but even now my dad has been teaching his siblings and his um my his siblings, my aunts and uncles. Mm-hmm. He's been teaching them about financial literacy and about investing. We actually have a group chat where he will teach them all right now. So I feel like he was definitely, he's still above all of us. He's been the, pi- he's been the pioneer. Yes, he has. And of course, it's, you know, when they talk about generational wealth, I feel like he is the definition of building generational That's wealth. Awesome. He's not just caring about me and my sister, but it's about my, his siblings, their kids, you know, um, my niece, like everyone, he care. he's trying to put everyone on, you know, so maybe I learned how to be a resource in him. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And so now turning a little bit about you and who do you believe you are serving as you think about the business that you're building? My main focus is helping black and brown people get more financially literate. Although, of course, I have lots of other people uh, who, who are uh, patrons of my, or who, consume my content Mm -hmm. I do focus on black and brown people because I feel like we have more hurdles to jump over before we can get to the place and a lot of my white friends for example they are already financially literate because their parents were financially literate Mm -hmm. their grandparents are financially illiterate but a lot of my friends are maybe new immigrants from Nigeria and they don't they didn't really have that that what is the word I'm trying to look for? That they didn't have that. They weren't in that environment. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't yeah, have that exactly. sort of that that uh, baseline, yeah. that foundation. Exactly. Base, yeah. Foundation is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So I really focus on them, helping them, serving them, teaching them. The, those they're my main focus yeah. because I want to. I want us all to live. You know. And so what I've learned is that you know on and probably even where the theme and the title of this is going to be, you know, everything I've learned about you are creating wealth, right? You are, you are becoming a wealth creator. And as a result of that, there's people around you that you're probably influencing in a way. So, but I've recognized that for me, even at like sort of my age, um, you said you're almost going to be 26. I'm going to be 50 this year. So I'm like double your your age. (laughs) And, um, and I recognize that in my life, like, to get more financially savvy when it happened, you know, I mean, I bought my first house at the age of 28, but in terms of really becoming and driving like my wealth story, it's only happened later on in life. Like I've met, I've managed to generate wealth, but I didn't really have, like, it wasn't a focus. It wasn't something I did with intention like you're doing right now. And so, you know, in your experience, what has been, like, what's the common wealth story that you find people have to retell, like, you know, sort of unpack and retell? What do you mean by that? Wait, so like a wealth you... story, like, for example, money doesn't, you know, I have to save every dime or I can't, uh, you know, um, I can't afford that or, you know, I can't attract, I don't attract money or, you know, there's some, there's some, there's some cultural, like even culturally, what are some of the things that we need to like, let go of like belief systems? I call it the BS, the belief system. Yeah. The BS. I think, I think a lot of people have the 
thought that they are not good with money, mm-hmm. but I like to reframe that for people and tell them it's not that you're not good at, at you're not good with money. It's that nobody has taught you about money. They don't mm-hmm. teach you at school. Your parents didn't know who's teaching you. Like it's not that you're not good at it. It's just that you just don't know. So that's one thing that I like to help people unlearn. And then another thing is, I feel like a lot of people are flashy, and they are, <laughs> uh, especially, I'm sure you know, a lot of Nigerians are very flashy, <laughs> and they, we like to show our wealth outwardly, you know, even if we don't have it. Maybe our car is on credit, or we have a car loan, the clothes that we have, we bought on credit, and we aren't able to pay that off, you know? So I like to allow people to unlearn that. And also, like a lot of my friends, I tell them, just because a guy that you're talking to seems like he has money, it doesn't mean he has money, you know? We are, I'm sure we all watched The Tinder Swindler. And <laughs> I heard, saw... I've heard watched your video, so I didn't watch it, but I watched oh, your yeah? video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always tell my friends that, like, no, no, no. We, someone may look like they have money, but it does not mean that they have mm-hmm. money at all. So I always like to tell people, you know, um, you need to understand, until you see their bank account, mm-hmm. do not know anyone's mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. I always encourage people not to compare themselves to other people mm-hmm. as well, because you truly never know their situation. Some people have, their parents have given, bought their house for them and mm-hmm. they're acting like they bought it themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Some people are in debt and their whole lifestyle is funded by debt. So just don't compare yourself to anyone. Start your money journey by yourself and um, you are good with money. You just have not been taught about money yet. I really love that. And so I have a question for you then because you brought the Tinder mm-hmm. Swindler and learn because you're, you know, you're, yeah. are you, first of all, I'll ask, I don't want to assume, are you married? I am not. Okay. Um, So are you dating? I am. Okay. So as someone who's, you know, young and dating, what are some questions that you would ask in a relationship boldly to really understand whether or not you're aligned with that, with your partner in a financial, like at a financial level? Hmm. This is interesting because my partner and I have been together for a while. So like we, we basically grew up um, learning about money together. Okay. So mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't, need, I didn't need to ask these questions mm-hmm. because I could see, you know, uh, <laughs> but a question that I tell my friend, hmm, this is a good question, actually. I, mean, I, I don't really talk about this much. I feel like you should be asking them if they have any debt. You know, that would be something okay. to ask your partner. <laughs> because debt is fine. There's nothing wrong with debt, but it's your, your, your mindset towards the debt because some people have credit card debt and they have no intention to pay it off. You know Mm -hmm. what? Some people are in consumer debt and they have a plan to pay it off and they do not want that debt at all. Whereas again, other people, it can grow for years and years and they're not going to care. So I feel like you have to ask yourself, are you willing to be in a relationship with someone who has a completely different mindset about debt or money in general than you do? Mm -hmm. Also, I, I would say, Analyze their spending habits. Are they spending more than they make? Mm-hmm. That would be a question. Because, mm-hmm. a, again, a lot of people live that lifestyle where they are making a lot of money, but then they're spending way more than they make. Yeah. You know, and, uh, lifestyle creep is a big thing. And once you start getting those raises and raises and raises, your expenses start creeping up and creeping up and creeping up. Yeah. And then you're, yeah. So those would be some things that I would look for when you are dating. Start asking mm-hmm. questions. Also, questions like how much do you make? I don't know. I am very... I'm Bolt. very um, blunt. <laughs> I'm very blunt when I like. I am asking the questions. I don't care if you. I want to know how much you're making. I want to know <laughs> if you have plans to make more. Yeah. Uh, if you are, what your career goals are. You know, these are the types of mm-hmm. questions. Or that, even that how I'm do you thinking. plan to make more? 
Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah. A, a lot of people have been making the same thing for the past five, ten years. Uh, that's not my story. That's not. I would, you know, if you're making less than you, or if you're making the same amount you were making last year, mm-hmm. you're actually making less with inflation. Yeah, you know? yeah. So these are, these yeah. are the things you yeah. need to be asking the question. I, I hear you. I mean, I, I wish I had even my podcast back when I, you know, my husband and I met, gosh, I was 26 at the time. And, you know, there's a lot of questions that we didn't ask back then. You know, you're thinking about 25 years ago from where you, you weren't even born yet. Yeah. And so, you know, there wasn't like the, the level of the internet and, and the availability of the podcast and the books that we, that we have on today. And, you know, that is a really important question is, do you, I, you know, I would probably think, I would want to know, are they single streamed um, from a money mindset or do oh. they believe that they can create multiple streams of income, meaning that they recognize that there's so much purpose and because sometimes it's not about making money, but it's about deploying your purpose into the world, right? Like knowing that you are valuable and, and even just asking myself that question, like, Inc., are you single streamed or do you believe that you have multiple talents that can serve this world, right? And, and so how are they wanting to serve the world? Because I truly believe if you serve and you serve from a place of significance, then I think, I think you know, you'll, you'll generate wealth. You know, I learned That's that too late life. in life, you know, but... Yeah. <laughs> It's never too late. Yeah, right? it's never, you're right. It's never too late. It's never too late. I'm 50, but that's halfway, halfway to 100. I'm going to be fly to the day I die. So, you yeah. know, now I am very, very inspired to hear that, you know, you, 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 you worked in corporate, you quit your corporate job. You kind of alluded to that already, but what I want to know is the setup, right? Like it didn't just ha- like it didn't, you probably did it on one day, but there must've been a plan. And so, you know, what sort of, what was the catalyst to driving that plan? And then what were the steps that you took to, to get yourself prepared for that ultimate day when you actually, you know, made that big step? Yeah. So I definitely had a plan. I feel like I hear a lot of people telling their stories about how they quit and they don't, they don't, they act like it just happened on one day, as you said. (laughs) And I'm like, are you guys, don't you guys have responsibilities? Don't you care about things? Like, no, people are just saying, yeah, I quit my job one day and you know, I'm good, but I am not that type of person. I'm not set up that way. I planned and I thought about it for a very long time, months and months and months. I was thinking about it. So I started a new job in December of 2020 and I was, it was a very high paced job, which I love. I actually thrive in that environment, but the leadership that I was under was not conducive to my my learning style. So I was basically being micromanaged and I was working extremely long hours and it just, it just wasn't working for me mm-hmm. essentially. So my thought process, because I had already started my YouTube channel a year prior to that, my thought process was, okay, if I can get my YouTube channel to a point where I can just basically match my income from my, um, from my full-time job, then I'm good and I'm going to leave. But when that happened, I was still like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> so I, again, I had to overcome because my thought was, okay, but what if my YouTube channel fails, you know, but I had already been doing it for a year and it was not failing. So I don't know why I was thinking, but again, I had to unlearn those thoughts. My thought process was, okay, I'm going to now save up enough money so that if my YouTube channel does fail, then I at least have, I saved up $30,000 and I was like, I'm going to save this up and you know, it's going to hold me over in case my YouTube channel suddenly fails. And then I also wanted to make sure I left on good terms. That's another thing that people yeah. don't talk about, mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure that I left on good terms that 
in case for some reason I wanted to, to return, yeah. mm-hmm. I could come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I was, I was, I, I would say I thought a lot about my decision. Mm-hmm. I, the, I met my target in June, but I didn't leave till October first was my last day there. So it, it did take take a very long time. And I was thinking about leaving since like March. So it, it took a, it didn't, it was not overnight, but. Yeah, I, I basically prepared very well for it. I even paid my property taxes in advance just so that I would not be strapped for cash. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, I really, I started getting partnership deals as well so that I knew that, like, there would be income coming in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was very well prepared for this decision to leave. That's and awesome. And nobody talks about, how, yeah, I was going to say, and nobody talks about how emotionally taxing it is to to make that huge, it's a huge decision. And, yeah, it's, it took me a long time to make did you have coaches? I'm glad and, I did. Yeah. Did you have coaches and mentors that helped you along the way? Yes. So I do have a mentor, uh, Renee. Shout out Renee. <laughs> um, she helped me a lot, and she basically taught, she told me about her experience working at another organization, how she was feeling the same way I was feeling. She was crying on her way to work, and all these different things. And that's basically how I was feeling. And she said she would never let someone treat her like that again. And mm. she wished she knew that before going through that for so many. Mm months and months and months so I was like okay and she coached me to and she also said make sure you're prepared don't just leave with no mm-hmm. don't leave high and dry so yeah she was very helpful and, and pivotal I didn't really tell my parents though because <laughs> I knew they they're still Nigerian parents at the end of the day yes he <laughs> like, must be a liar doctor yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly they're, they're chill but not that chill so I was like let me just prepare myself in case they're not happy with it mm-hmm. I, I'm still I'm still good for now I love that and I and I also like and recognize that you know um the importance of having coaches and mentors like we can't just do it by ourselves right and so that's mm-hmm. uh, very very smart advice so um you know being so savvy in money what are some financial questions that our listeners today regardless of whatever age they are you know should really start to be asking hmm. I would say ask yourself, are you saying questions they should be asking themselves? Or yeah, asking, asking themselves asking today to say that I, you know, I'm financially literate or, you know, that I'm in a good financial space. What are some of those questions that we should be at? Ask yourself, if you lost your job today, would you be able to sustain yourself for the next three months? Three months. Okay. <laughs> well, some people say six months, some people say nine months. But at, at least. least three months, would okay. you be able to sustain yourself? Mm-hmm. The answer for the, I would say most people is no, mm-hmm. because they are li- most people are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I always say this statement, and I say having one source of income is too close to having none. Mm-hmm. And that is because, again, if you were for some reason not able to work, if you were like, some, God forbid, someone got in a car accident, God forbid, you're, I don't know. There are lots of reasons why you may not be able to have your source of income anymore. But if that happened to you, would you be able to sustain yourself for the next three, six, nine months, year, however long it takes you to get a new job? And if the answer is no, then you should look into diversifying your streams of income. I am. I'm, I don't even know how many streams of income I have right now. I need to like, do another video <laughs> updating. <laughs> but I think last year I had five different streams of income, mm-hmm. and. Again, that is another reason why I was able to quit my job because I knew that, okay, I'm losing this huge source of income, which is my main source of income, but I know that I have four other sources of income that can hold me over each and every month and I'll be okay even if that one source of income is not there. So that would be something I would look, I would ask yourself. If, and yeah, maybe everyone, everyone listening, please ask yourself that question. And if the answer is no, start looking into starting more streams of income. 
another question that I would consider asking yourself is, am I working for money or is money working for Woo! me? <laughs> Woo! So what's the difference? So talk to us. What's, uh, give us a school or something on that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this is a question, as I alluded to, my dad asked me, he always asked me this question and working for money is exchanging your time for money. So I go to my nine to five, I work for 40 hours a week, and then they send me a paycheck every two weeks. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to say anything's wrong with nine to five. I actually love nine to five and I get offers quite often and I'm like, hmm, this is something. <laughs> uh, so I'm not trying to say nine to fives are not good, but you are working for your money. And if you're no longer able to work for your money, again, yeah. you're, you're, mm-hmm. yeah. But the other option is for your money to work for you. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that you are putting your money in an uh, investment vehicle where your money is now able to grow in value. Mm-hmm. And all rich people do this. And I know the goal is to be wealthy for all of us, I'm sure. The goal is to be wealthy, not just in, with money, but in all aspects mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. And Making your money work for you is one of the key parts of this. So an example would be putting your money in a stock where you put your money. I'll give you an example. I, and this is not financial advice, by the way, but <laughs> I'll give you an example. I, when my, I was about 18 years old and 19 years old, I was working at um, Payless Shoe Store. I was making $9 an hour. My dad was like, you need to start making this money work for you. And I was like, dad, I'm making $9 an hour. There's no money. There's no money to be <laughs> like, but he was like, nope, you need to make this money work for you. And I was like, okay, fine. So he told me to invest in a company called Shopify. I'm sure many of you know yeah. it. Mm-hmm. At the time, Shopify was about, I think it was 200 or $250 at the time. Mm-hmm. And every two weeks I would buy one or two shares of yeah. Shopify, yeah. put in my money in, put in my money in. By the time I was 25 or 23, when I was going to buy my house, those $200 shares, each of them had grown to $1,000 plus. Mm-hmm. So imagine, it was about $60,000 that I had in yeah. my account by that time. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, if I was to save that same amount of money yeah. and put it in a savings account. Yeah, you wouldn't have made it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I probably would have spent it first of all, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if I put it in a savings account, maybe my savings account had a 2% interest rate. It's not, it's not yeah. getting to $60,000. Yeah. So the goal is to always make your money work for you. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. I, I, it was a girlfriend of mine who got me into that mindset that, you know, I used to be able to, I used to look at Google stock and be like, shoot, I can't buy that. But she's like, you don't, you don't have to think about buying like a whole leap of shares, just one. Or now mm-hmm. that I love that you can do fractional right? Factional purchase. So, um, yeah. So when you think about like some of those big stocks, just, you know, do some fractional, you know, purchases. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, love that. Very, very inspiring. So I'm going to take us into our rapid thrivers. So these are just five questions that really talk about, you know, your thrive. Uh, so when you think about somebody who inspires you, who comes to, who comes first to mind, who comes first to mind and why? Mm. So many people inspire me. <laughs> um, I would say one person that inspires me is my mentor, Lene. Mm-hmm. She is inspiring just because she's always going for her dreams, even though, even if it's not what she currently knows, she's always like exploring different things and trying to try new things, is what I would say. So it's very inspiring because someone like me, so I would say it's a multi-hyphenate, I like to do lots of different things. Uh, it's, it's, it's inspiring to know that I can try my passions out and mm-hmm. it can work out if I try it. So it, it just, it's inspiring to know that I can try what I 
what I'm passionate about. I, I'm breaking protocol here. My team, forgive me. Um, so how did you meet Renee? Oh, so I actually, it was a formal mentorship program mm. um, called Matrix 360. Do you know Coffee, the yeah. organization? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. So it was, I was part of Coffee when I was working at the bank mm. and I met her through there. It was actually right at co- when COVID started mm. and we, I don't know. We we still talk. We she's still my mentor to this day, even mm-hmm. though it's supposed to be only a one year commitment. Mm-hmm. So it turned out really well. Oh, that's awesome! Shout out to you, Renee. Shout out to yes. you, girl. <laughs> Shout out coffee too. <laughs> Shout out coffee. Yes, amazing. Yeah. Meryl and all them. What is a daily activity that helps you with your thrive? Ooh, I would say my morning having a morning routine. Uh, I try to wake up every morning early. I try to do my devotional my workout working out has changed my life you know it basically <laughs> allows my men like my to be mentally clear so mm-hmm. i would say that is a game changer mm-hmm. you're talking to the queen of fitness no just kidding yeah, I, can, yeah I, I, know. I, I get it i get <laughs> I see, it i get it i see you on i, get, I, I see you on linkedin yeah <laughs> i get that i get that what is a book that has helped you with your thrive Ooh, i feel like this is cliche but the book that's um atomic habits oh no. my gosh james clear yeah oh yeah it's a yeah. game changer Game changer. Game changer yeah, sure. man. yeah, so. Are I you part of the 5 a.m. club? You wake up at 5? I wake up at 6, so not okay. quite 5 a.m. <laughs> Today I woke up at 5, but not 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 willingly. Well, that's okay, but 6 <laughs> o'clock consistently is early. Trust me, that's still early. Uh, what is an app on your phone that helps you with your Thrive? Um, Notion. It's, uh, how about it? project management kind of like a mm-hmm. sana or one of those tools but i basically organize my whole life in that oh, app, okay so. it's like cal- it has a <laughs> yeah, calendar very... and everything or yes it does so mm-hmm. i plan all my content out in there i do a lot of things so it's helpful to have them all written down in that app. it's called notion n-o-t-i-o-n hmm. correct okay i'll have to check that out and yeah. what is one misconception Renny, that people have of you as they see you you know on your youtube channel you know in your podcast interviews just you know life in general what's one misconception that people have of me that i have it all together you do you seem like you do so what's the truth i feel like like people assume that i have it all together but i'm just i'm just vibing i'm learning as i go you know i feel like we yeah it's easy to cure on instagram because i'm a content creator i feel like it's easy to show only your mm-hmm. highs mm-hmm. it's a highlight reel as we mm-hmm. say so just know that i do not have it all together people message me and say cool i wish i was like you and i'm like please just be the best version yeah, of yourself yeah <laughs> yeah i love that i just said when you when people say oh my god Inc., i wish I, I was like you need to know the whole story because then you have to yeah, ask yourself exactly. do you want do you want do you want it all because exactly yeah be the best you so where do we find you online you can find me on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, on every, pretty much all the social media platforms at XORENI. So that's X-O-R-E-N-I. I love it. And do you have any great projects or anything coming up that we need to know about? I don't at the moment, okay. but you can follow me on my socials. And then, and then you'll, you'll, you'll give us a head to... up. I love that. Exactly. And so as a final parting question, um, this podcast is called Empowered in My Skin. And I just want to know when you hear that, what does it mean to you? To be empowered in my skin means to 
I feel like I've been saying this the whole episode. That's okay, but <laughs> but, you, but you, that, that's the whole thing about incantations, and you you need to repeat the things that mean the most to you until it becomes a magical spell over your life. So let's hear it again. Go on, let's go. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so to be empowered in my skin means to be able to do whatever I can, or be able to achieve whatever I want to, because I'm capable. Yes. Of, of, person I am I am capable of achieving anything that I want I love that and because you're connected to the source of all that is possible all that is possible (laughs) is possible for you I love it thank you so much for sharing energy with me thank you listeners for taking this episode in I trust and know that you are fully empowered in the skin that you're in regardless of what that melanin looks like and so unfortunately at this point in time this is where I have to say bye-bye bye So there you have it. I hope you are thriving and feeling empowered and thoroughly enjoyed this episode. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you think can benefit from the tips that were delivered. As Tom Bilyeu says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been awesome sharing energy with you. It's your girl, and I'm 